Hi everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union podcast. Today I am joined with Daryl. Hello. And Churro. Hey guys. So, we're doing a special episode uh, today. I know we said we were going to have a Kingdom Hearts Union podcast today, but there was just so much Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy news at E3 that we can't just... Uh, you know, wait until you know the next Final Fantasy Union to cover. Yeah, kind of all caught us a bit by surprise. I don't think anyone yeah. was expecting what we got. <laughs> I know it's it's too too hot to handle, too cold to hold. Exactly. So we got a lot to talk about today. So we actually have four segments today. Uh, first segment will be uh, us covering the press conferences, obviously the relevant ones with regards to. Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, namely the Sony and uh, Square Enix Prince conferences. Uh, and then uh, the second segment will be our E3 experience. Uh, two of us, surprise, surprise, happened to go to, King, uh, to the E3 Ooh, press yay. conference this year. And you'll find out who in that segment. It wasn't kind of like one of those. <laughs> 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 I was trying to make it like one of those bu- BuzzFeed article titles. <laughs> and who went might surprise you. But anyway. Lauren and I did have our own E3 experiences. Exactly, exactly. You guys are just as tired as we are, so <laughs> that, that, that's that got to count for something. And then our third segment is uh, our Final Fantasy discussion, and fourth segment will be our Kingdom Hearts discussion. So, for you new folks, this podcast is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We run on a four-week rotation with a new show every other Tuesday with Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union. And, uh, you know, just, uh, so you guys know, uh, the next proper episode of Kingdom Hearts Union will be coming out this week on Saturday. So we are going to do a proper Kingdom Hearts Union towards the end of the week. Hopefully we can get Sabby on there. Uh, but this episode is primarily focused on E3 news and, uh, the next, uh, next episode will be, uh, more regular format and we'll probably talk more about E3 and anything we didn't cover on this show. So, uh, be excited for that. And as a reminder, please support us on Patreon. Uh, our Patreon is patreon.com slash ffkhunion. I just noticed that so, uh, Square Enix's subliminal messaging is kind of creeping in there. Please be excited. Yeah. <laughs> please be excited for oh. this. Be excited for that. Come on, guys. <laughs> Trust me. You don't know how many times we heard the phrase, please be excited at E3. And ironically, we heard it a lot from actual Square Enix staff. They've they've sort of taken it yeah, internally. It's, it's as like a, 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 a surprise they haven't trademarked meme. it by now. Yeah, we were talking to them about for trademarking it. Oh, man. So, anyway, so our first segment is our E3 experience, and uh, both Churro and I went to E3. This was my first you E3. Popped you cherry. Yeah, pretty much. If you didn't know, on the last episode of uh, Kingdom Hearts Union, we were talking about our E3 predictions, with, and we said that Churro was going, but at that time, I didn't know that I was going to be going. Uh, actually, uh, Square Enix reached out to Churro with uh, several E3 passes, seeing uh, who wants to go, and Churro reached out to me, and uh, I definitely, definitely accepted. It took a little while to convince me, because it was sort so short notice, and I didn't think I could get a hotel or a flight, but I, I managed. I found a nice little crappy hotel in Koreatown, and I survived. Koreatown's oh, awesome. Good. It is awesome. It is it awesome, is. but the hotel was not. I actually had not. a hotel in that area for Anime Expo one year, and it was actually yeah. kind of awesome. Yeah. I had a ho- My hotel had a king-size bed and a uh, hot tub. Was it near the 7-Eleven? Uh, I don't think so. It was a comfort inn. Uh, so it was a comfort inn. Uh, towards the north end of Koreatown? I forget. I don't know. I, look, in LA, 
directions are meaningless. It's true, and there's probably a lot of Seven Elevens. All roads go everywhere. It's that's that's my biggest takeaway from LA. It's, the roads are ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, so uh, basically, you know, this was my first time. Uh, I think Churro and I can both agree this was probably like, I mean, for me, is the best E3 because it's my only E3. But Churro, you know, how awesome was the C3? It was. It was a blast. I mean, awesome doesn't even describe how good it was. I mean, if there's another word out there that that I can use, and but I don't know it, but I'm just gonna use awesome. So <laughs> yeah, I it can't was... even describe. It. It's like like the whole thing. Words cannot describe. So yeah, exactly. And Chiro, you invited a lot of uh, a lot of friends, a lot of Kingdom Hearts fans. And, yeah, you yes, know, I they did. Were, they I were so... invited a total of thirteen people. Yeah, and yeah, and they were so 13. awesome to hang out with. They're they're part of my organization now. Yeah, exactly. I, we'll we'll be talking about it more uh, when we talk about the press conferences. But let me just say, when uh, on the first day of uh, of the press conference, um, uh, well, on the first day of E three, so on the sixteenth, uh, we were all waiting in line to get into the show floor, and we were all sort of crowded around uh, my tablet on using Churro's uh, MiFi to try to watch the Square Enix conference, and uh, when. Kingdom Hearts 3 came on. Uh, we were screaming like mad people, and everybody was staring at us. It was pretty awesome. We were, we were repping Kingdom Hearts very strong, so it was Yeah, you really guys awesome are supposed experience. to be professional. <laughs> They're showing on little TVs around the uh, the South Hall entrance, but, like, I don't think anybody was paying any attention. So, like, we were the yeah, only no ones, like, actually giving a crap that we're waiting in line. Exactly. Yeah, I guess a lot of the people would have been uh, E3 veterans, and they wouldn't have need to be concerned with the, the conferences because they would have had other people they're representing exactly that. yeah pretty much and yeah and uh we'll, we'll talk about this more on our proper kingdom hearts union episode but uh if you guys were watching square enix presents and watch the kingdom hearts spotlight you may have seen both churro and i on that <laughs> on that stream uh we were actually right there right in front of the square enix present right in the middle we sort of muscled our way right right to the front and uh from what I'm hearing from people, uh, apparently we were on camera for a little bit, so that was pretty awesome. We were, uh, you know, giving Nomura and Tayasue the the stink eye. Not really stink eye, but we were sort of like staring at them kind of awkwardly. It was awesome. Kind of like, uh, kind of like, it's kind of like the zoo. Just yeah. Like staring at them from the glass on the outside. Yeah. And thankfully later on, uh, we did have the amazing opportunity to beat, to meet both, uh, Tayasue and, uh, Nomura separately, but we, Got to meet both of them, and uh, we also have interviewed uh, Tetsuya Nomura. Which would, so must have been pretty be. awesome, right? Yes. Yeah, yes, it, it was, was. Always. Really an amazing experience. And, my, uh, it was my second time doing it, but like, even though I know I was going in there, man, it, that butterflies were just on overdrive. Exactly, yeah. It was it was such an amazing experience. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that more later, but yeah. Like, I can't believe all that happened for, you know... In in three days, you know, there's that's just so much. There are three days that will live with you forever. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyways, moving on to the press conferences. Obviously, uh, we'll talk about them in chronological order, and that would uh, mean Sony is first. Uh, so, uh, at the Sony press conferences, uh, there were you know a couple of final fantasy announcements one a little bit bigger than the others <laughs> but where were you guys able to watch this were you just kind of live streaming it afterwards or uh we were, we were i live streamed mine from the hotel like same uh, here true. i was at the hotel yeah. um basically i couldn't get into the conference and um i didn't want to bother trying to find somewhere to watch it i mean the only perfect spot was the hotel because 
Unfortunately, yeah, that day in LA was very hot, and uh, I didn't want yeah. to go outside. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Wi-Fi is also you know a tricky thing to find sometimes outside of the hotel. So uh, that was the best place to be. Um, we, um, you know, I think the Sony press conference was uh, where our E3 kind of derailed straight away because. Oh um, yeah. For anyone who's following the sites, uh, our, we were on holiday uh, during E3, yeah. visiting Lauren's family, and uh, our computer broke, <sighs> which was great. That's terrible. So it was like we, we kind of um, woke up, I think, in the morning after, because we were just like, okay, well, Sony's press conference, there, wasn't, there probably isn't going to be anything in it. Like, they might yeah. show a Kingdom Hearts trailer. Um, but, yeah, we just got this bombardment of like, why haven't you posted yeah. all this news? It's like, oh, uh, God, what's happened? Oops. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Sony had their biggest press conference ever. Oh man, Sony! Yeah. Sony like broke the internet. Yeah, they pretty exactly. much did. Yeah, pre- yeah, pr- pretty much. I can't think and, that uh, like we haven't said what the announcement is yet, but everyone probably knows. But they, they, I can't think of another announcement at E3 that was as big as this one. Exactly, and I'll, I just want to say one little anecdote. It's, it's kind of funny that you know people that you know go to e3 actually have a harder time keeping up with the news than people uh at home sometimes just because oh yeah it's you know it's so hard to access the news when you're there so yeah it's just kind of interesting so anyways uh so yeah let's talk about the announcement so the first one that came up uh was a bit of a troll i guess you could say but i thought it was kind of cute was the uh world of final fantasy which is apparently this like really chibi uh story with these two characters that look like kingdom hearts characters we don't know what their names are but apparently uh there's some sort of chippy battle system and uh cloud and uh i guess was it cecil cecil um what made, made a cameo they're like they had chibi versions of uh final fantasy characters i know cloud i, was I know Cl- was it wasn't wasn't cloud there too yeah cloud, yeah, was, cloud there. was there and then there was like some other one that a few different I, enemies was, yeah so yeah, it's I, I honestly really don't know what to think about uh, World of Final it, Fantasy. It's got a weird graphical style because like, obviously, like it, you, it's got two styles in one. Yeah, that's because that's that's what made it so hard to wrap my head around. The characters can go big or small, and the monsters can go big or small, and then depending on whether yeah. they're big or small, they can then sit on top of each other. Yeah, it sounds really strange, um, but like it's a new. ATB system they're developing where basically, like, yeah. if you've got your characters in big form, you can add. Um, monsters that you've captured onto your shoulders to improve your stats. Gotcha. And then you can do it the other round too, so you can sit on monsters shot. It's it's a bit confusing. Yeah, I kept I kept hearing about stacking as a mechanic, yeah. so I guess that's the way that works. Kind of like the little stacking figures. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they've really like narrowed the gameplay mechanics down yet, but I mean, it was yeah. interesting to see that Nomura's done all the artwork for it. Yeah, yeah, it is very clearly Nomura style. So that's that's pretty cool. So yeah, that was World of Final Fantasy. Um, that, you know, no one was really expecting that, and especially when uh, Adam Boyes was like, "Oh, there's a new Final Fantasy," and then oh, it's this. So he's like, "What? Okay, <laughs> it's coming out on PS4 and Vita, timed exclusive." Hey, to be fair, that's like the only Vita title. I know. In, like, they basically just <laughs> in the whole Sony. It's kind of that Andrew House thing where he was like, "Yeah, the Vita's dead." It's like you are pretty based on the Prince conference. It pretty much is. Yeah, so that's. Kind of sad, especially since honestly, I think the Vita is probably like one of my favorite consoles ever. But I, I mean, I understand it's not that huge. You just needed to America buy everything anymore. you bought ten times. Yeah, basically, and we all did. Yeah, for me, it's it's my Persona Four console, so I've got a lot of playtime on it. But that's a but that's really the only game I played extensively on it. 
But anyway, without further ado, the major, major, major announcement. The one that was, I guess, I guess you could sort of say the hype was 10 years in the making because 10 years ago, if you don't remember, at E3 2005, there was a particular tech demo that sort of started this, you know, crazy hype and demand for a particular Final Fantasy, a beloved Final Fantasy to be remade. And finally, 10 years later, uh, Square Enix has presented us with a awesome trailer announcing officially that they promise to make a Final Fantasy VII remake. And apparently it's in production. Yeah. And, and that was awesome. Uh, like everyone, yeah, everyone just exploded because I think it's, yeah. one, it's the announcement that, that people were tentatively wanting to happen, but I don't yeah. think anyone realistically thought it would. Yeah, I mean, you know, all the this entire, you know, decade of waiting for this announcement, you know, people have been bringing up, like, specific parts of the game that, you know, there's no way they could do this. How could they do cloud cross-dressing? That would never work. Or, you know, how could Red 13 dress up as a human on the Costa de Sol ship? You know, that would look ridiculous in Advent Children graphics. But, you know, they came out on stage and said, yeah, we we promise. And it, the, the trailer looked awesome. Like the graphics oh, yeah, were definitely. pretty, pretty special. I thought, yeah, I thought I, it was a, a new IP or something from them. Yeah, that's the way it, it started out, and then like as soon as it got closer to the, as soon as it had that big wide shot of Midgar, I thought I was like, okay, that's Midgar right there. So what could it be? Like, could it be another yeah. sequel? Well, that's quite and funny. Then, it was back because they had like the, the live stream on, yeah, on either yeah, side exactly. of the, the screen. It's like okay, that well, was, now that you know, that's yeah, really yeah. damn obvious, but. Exactly. It it was kind of cheeky of them because the way they presented the trailer, they were showing a lot of stuff that... Because clearly the art style has gone through a change. This isn't even the art, Advent Children art style. This is a further development of the Final Fantasy VII art style. And they didn't show anything that was clearly Final Fantasy VII until right at the very end where they show Barrett and Cloud, you know, and that really confirms it for you. Okay, this is, you know, Final Fantasy VII. And obviously them putting the word very clear and bold remake on the screen, that's, you know, that obviously makes it clear. But yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that throughout the whole trailer, like you you, you couldn't know if it was a sequel or a prequel or something. But yeah, so Final Fantasy VII finally being remade. First out on PS4. Uh, I guess we can assume Xbox One's going to get it at some point and maybe PC as well. Yeah, or, or it might. I'm I excited. Mean, I guess there's no commitment, right? So yeah, there's no um, no commitment, but uh, I, I think the fact that they say first on PS4 for console that that pretty much yeah. means I mean Xbox this One's is realistically it. not going to come out for like two years anyway. Oh yeah, this so is, I mean by yeah, that point, a, a based on how things are going, the Xbox One could be in some serious doo doo. So like yeah. it may not even be worth. Or they could have pulled it around. I mean, you know, two years is a long time for a console. So it is. We'll see. By this point, the PS3 was in some serious doo doo. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we'll 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 have to see how that goes. But uh, I mean, it's funny because like it's I mean it's gonna be weird to see Final Fantasy VII on an Xbox console, just like how everybody says it's weird to see yeah. Kingdom Hearts on an Xbox console as see, well. I still don't know if it will come to Xbox purely because of the whole like secrecy around the, the Final Fantasy VII original thing and Sony's like involvement. I mean, PC would make yeah. sense because. Final Fantasy VII's on PC. Yeah, because yeah. isn't isn't the uh, the the PC version of Final Fantasy VII only coming to PC? Uh, it, it went to PC, but then also it's going to PS4. But they yeah. made no and iOS as well. But they never made no announcement for the Xbox. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, maybe maybe it is that it will come to the PS4 and then maybe the PC, but Xbox One. 
unless Microsoft pump up a load of money or Square Enix yeah. pump up a load of money. I think I think it'll probably be Microsoft because they're the ones that spend a lot of money on Rise of the Tomb Raider. But I guess would yeah. would would Sony allow it? I guess that's the question because no one really knows yeah. about this agreement. Yeah, yeah, they definitely they've got something going on. I just don't. Yeah, we don't know what. Those PlayStation but... exclusive ones just. Uh... I mean, if it stays on Sony, <laughs> Sony can be like Micro- the Xbox One can keep their backwards compatibility. Yeah, which yeah, is only exactly. for a select number of games. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, that's that was a pretty interesting thing. And you, Chiro, you brought up another interesting point: is that the uh, the PC version that was announced back in December that is being ported to PS4 is still coming. It's just gonna, you know, it'll take a little they while. They said it but... delayed to like winter, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... it was like December or something. And, and I love this whole thing because, like, basically, um, they've said that the guys at Sony, in in planning for this press conference, they knew about this a year ago. Yeah, this is this is not a reaction. Yeah, you know, they didn't just make that trailer so, in six months. So it basically means that that Final Fantasy VII PS4 announcement that we had earlier in the year was a yeah. massive troll, like to the yeah. degree that no one <laughs> possibly anticipated. Yeah, it was made in full knowledge that a remake was already in production. So, uh, Hashimoto yeah, is legendary. He is the the master yes. of the troll. <laughs> And uh, I guess I guess we should move on to the Square Enix press conference at that point because uh, he he did it again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So um, did he did he cover the near stuff first? No, he didn't do the near stuff. um, But I just kind of thought we you know it was okay. Yeah, let's let's give near a little love. So near is uh, near is getting now is is it confirmed a sequel? It's it's another game set within the universe. Okay, so it's so we're getting another near game. Uh, officially, it's called the Near Project. Yeah, uh, I, I guess it's similar that to, I saw. to um, Demon Souls, Dark Souls. Like they're not yeah, sequels; yeah. they they're just have similar naming. Sort of. Yeah, gotcha. So, so this Near game is being developed by Platinum Games, and co-developed. the second I saw that, yeah, co-developed with Platinum Games. And the second I saw that, I was freaking out because you know anything Platinum touches is you know it's Platinum, and it's, it's not awesome. just that; it's also. Um, it's Inaba, so because obviously like Platinum split into mm-hmm. split into its different divisions. Yeah, yeah. And Inaba so has like done. Um, yeah, he's done. He he for, for gameplay, he's pretty much the best in the world because yeah, you just have to look at Vanquish. And I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. have played Vanquish, but Vanquish has like the tightest gameplay you could ever hope to imagine. It, everything is just so crisp and clean and works perfectly. And, Absolutely. And that was the part of Near where no one liked. So gotcha. So this is like the right team yeah. for the job, exactly. And, and, yeah, for and, me, anytime yeah. I see platinum, they get my implicit trust. I I trust that they're going to do it right. So I'm it, excited. It, I mean, it's it's great because yeah, like Nier didn't sell particularly well, and mm-hmm. but I think it has more of a wider appeal than the Dragon Guard franchise. Yeah, so that's true. Because there has been kind of like this constant cult thing going on with Nier. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess they're aware of the deficiencies they had last time because it had a small production budget. This time yeah. they're just like, okay, so we'll, well, maybe if we actually do give it a good go, we can see what this can potentially achieve. So exactly. all of the good parts from Nier are being brought back. So we've got the same composer, the same writer, same um, executive producer, and all the bad parts are being supplemented. So we've got yeah, exactly. the new art, we've got a new art director, and we've got a yep, new person to draft the gameplay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Nier's coming. It's got a good team, got a good staff. So I'm excited for it. It's the banner at E3 had Nier and then some like gobbledygook, <laughs> random, yeah. random gobbledygook. They haven't even de- they haven't decided on a name yet. That's why. Yeah. So I remember Nier. Uh, they had like a 
so they had a Xbox 360 version and a PS3 version. The PS3 version was like the Japanese version. There was like a near replicant. Yeah, or so near, they did, near something. They did uh, near replicant was released as an exclusive in Japan. Okay, um, and then near Gestalt was released on yeah, Xbox 360 and that was the, in Japan. That was the and then Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so that's. So I'm guessing it might be something like that, where it's got some sort of. Uh, now, do, do the names have any any men? You know, do the names relate at all to the to the games or and yeah. how they are? They, well, okay, I mean, so. the only difference between Gestalt and Replicum was that the main the protagonist the main was different. Yeah. Everything. So else I'm guessing the whatever the whatever the you know subtitle as it would probably be a spoiler or something well it wouldn't mean anything yeah. to us now but it probably yeah it's to the like story. the bravey default franchise those uh those exactly. sub, subtitles <laughs> yeah exactly so uh so yeah so that's near so and then after that uh when hashimoto got on on stage uh he discussed several of uh the titles that he's producing uh so obviously you know he talked about the final fantasy 7 remake kind of a big deal so they wanted to cover that again um did he say anything uh, especially different at the uh, no at the square? He just intro- I mean, the whole thing with him was that he was introduced as the director of Kingdom Hearts. Oh, was he? Yeah, that was that was really? the, that was the, like the massive troll because he got brought out on stage and they had like, the subtitle Shinji Hashimoto, <laughs> director of Kingdom Hearts, and then they showed the Final <laughs> Fantasy VII remake trailer and everyone was like, "What the hell is going on?" And then he yeah, did World of Final confusing. Fantasy, and then he started talking about this Final Fantasy Portal app, and then it and was then like, finally... "Guys, what?" what's what's this what's going on here um this is nothing to do with kingdom hearts yeah uh, gotcha. and, yeah we, we didn't really catch that because again we were watching on a yeah. tiny screen outside and, and then he was just like oh yeah and i'm also involved with some other products too like kingdom hearts unchained key yeah exactly and okay again people were just like all, all right like i guess the kingdom hearts community is excited about that yeah absolutely yeah, we, we we were happy when we when we finally saw an English trailer for it, and with the, like our own concern was that oh my god they're just spoiling everything. Oh, they love exactly. in this trailer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even with the um, even with the Final Fantasy fifteen um, little trailer they showed, I think they put in a cutscene that Tabata just said has been cut. So <laughs> yeah, it's like um, uh, yeah. I'm just yeah. Hopefully, we'll hear better things about fifteen at Gamescom. But yeah, it was kind of funny. Uh, so yeah, with Unchained Key, uh, just just a little side note. Um, uh, officially, right now, Unchained Key is confirmed for North America. They're not saying anything about other territories, so hopefully, they'll give us an update on that soon. But it sounds like uh, it's coming along well, and we'll be getting it soon. Uh, but they didn't say when specifically. Uh, and then yeah, after uh, Unchained Key, uh, we got a message from uh, from some producers at Disney, and they were talking about uh, the new. Uh, relationship that they have uh, between Disney and uh, Square Enix and how it's a lot closer now uh, for Kingdom Hearts 3 and they're helping out a lot to make sure that uh, the Kingdom Hearts representations of the Disney worlds are a lot more accurate to the uh, original source material and they also wanted to announce that Tangled would be the first uh, uh, Disney uh, world that they're uh, confirming that will be a new Disney world for Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, and uh, and that the guy yeah, he was presenting looked like Xehanort yeah, and the guy presenting looked look like Xehanort. So it seemed like... They even, they even called him Xehanort, Yeah, exactly. Too. <laughs> he even said, hi, Mr. Xehanort. So it's kind of cool to finally see that, you know, people at Disney, they understand uh, Kingdom Hearts. And now that, you know, now that the franchise is now a lot more mature than it has been in the past, the relationship has also reflected that. They're a lot uh, closer together. So that's exciting. Uh, I think this is the first CG Disney film that is finally getting a world. Uh, prior to that, we had... Uh, 
uh, Chicken Little as a summon, but this is the first actual CG film that is uh, getting the Kingdom Hearts world treatment, and I couldn't think of a better film other than maybe Frozen. Uh, you know, then Tangle. Tangle's my favorite. A lot of people were glad that it yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. I mean, from a money <laughs> perspective, Frozen oh, yeah. would have Fro- been Frozen's like... totally in. Totally in. No, no questions. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if even it if they just have it Frozen it in there, it's going to sell point. a couple of million just on that basis alone. Exactly. Exactly. Unquestionably, Frozen. Frozen is in. Like it's popular. It's very popular in Japan. So I can't see why they would. That why they wouldn't put it in. So. But yeah, I mean, yeah. after that message, so we, that was like the fifth thing that Hashimoto presented. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then finally he's like okay we're gonna show some footage uh you know this is work in progress and stuff and then finally he just drops the bomb and shows the first real kingdom hearts 3 trailer uh because prior to that it had all been more teasers and tech stuff uh and uh yeah that trailer was nuts uh we were flipping out uh as we said before we were flipping out in the middle of the e3 hall and everybody's looking at us and yeah, no it was just like, what's going on over there? And we we're just like, oh, like whooping and yeah. hollering, yelling, kicking things and <laughs> having a riot. You know, like it was like it was us two and like nine other yeah. people, just like 13 of us, 10, 11, 12, 13 of us just screaming on top of our yeah, lungs. It was it was insane. And uh, surprisingly, the trailer was actually voiced in English. Not that we could hear it out in the hall, but it was voiced in English, which is kind of interesting, you know, considering this is the first uh, story trailer uh, for Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, and it's debuting with already uh, English voice acting, and uh, you know, kind of makes me think, oh well, maybe uh, maybe they're trying to do simultaneous releasing, like uh, like uh, fifteen is driving for. Yeah, I think that's you know. they're more of their plan now. I, I think. Yeah, which I'm excited for. I mean, that's, I mean, that's really the, awesome. like the lesser games, like Bravely Default, still kind of suffers yeah, a bit. Yeah. But like, I think for the mainstream games, I think well, mainly because their audience is bigger in the West than it is in Japan yeah, exactly. now for those games. Exactly. Especially when it comes to, uh, you know, the amount of consoles in the market. Like, we have so many more uh, next generation. Well, now it's current generation. We have so many more PS4s and Xbox Ones in the market in the West than uh, than Japan does. I think Japan has uh, around a million PS4s uh, on the market. Yeah, and we have, like, like 13 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something crazy like that. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that's starting to make sense which is kind of strange because it's a jrpg at heart and uh you know the bigger audience is uh still in the west but we'll you know we'll see how that goes going on but yeah it was a super awesome trailer uh, a lot of action uh associated with it uh definitely showing off its roots uh from uh kingdom hearts dream drop distance where they introduced flow motion uh flow motion is back and in full form and it's also uh got uh the new attraction flow mechanic where uh, Sora summons uh, what appear to be Disney rides, so things like uh, I guess like the Pirates of the Caribbean ship and uh, Thunder Mountain Railroad, and they're all sort of lit up like uh, and the Mad Hatter sauces, electric teacups and sauces. Yes, the, the teacups. Yes. Oh man, when we saw the teacups, that was so amazing. Oh man. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. When we talked to uh, when we talked to Nomura about the teacups, he thought he was surprised that uh, people in the West were so excited about the teacups because he thought that was the least flashy of all the attraction flow uh, uh, summons. So uh, I mean, like the like the teacups are like iconic. Oh, yeah, amongst like Westerners. So no, there's no doubt they're gonna like the teacups. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, that was pretty much the Kingdom Hearts three trailer. They showed a bit from uh from the Tangled World. We saw the tower. Uh, so sadly, no Rapunzel yet, but uh, hopefully we'll see her soon. Uh, and like we said before, there was some English voice acting. They showed a 
basically a fully fully animated cutscene, which was based off of the teaser that they showed last E3, which was just concept art. Um, and uh, Nomura said that this particular cutscene uh, is an excerpt from the opening cutscene uh, of Kingdom Hearts 3. So this is apparently like what will kick off Kingdom Hearts 3 is this sort of scene, uh, which we imagine is uh, young Master Xehanort and young Master Ericus yes. talking about the past. playing chess. Playing chess, exactly. And, which is kind of, kind of interesting because, uh, you know, Master Xehanort is playing with the, uh, the darker pieces and, uh, Master Ericus is playing the lighter pieces and, you know, they're talking about how, uh, you know, the future is already predestined and, you know, it's determined that light will fail and darkness will it's prevail. too much, Brandon. And save it, save it for kids. I know, I know. I'm just saying. Just saying. There's just so saying. much but that yeah. people have uh, like dissected from that one scene. Yes. Oh, it's crazy. Trust me. People are looking at the calendar in the scene and trying to figure out what month in what year that is, and trying to assume that's the <laughs> that's the year and month it's going to release. Oh, like it is. It's gotten that granular. The amount of uh, analysis. But yeah. After uh, after it. the trailer, Hashimoto uh, disappeared. Yep. And then we got then to see the... a few more Japanese properties, which I was quite surprised about. I, I thought yeah, it was going to be more of a show them. Yeah, well, th- there were there were a lot of Western games, but uh, yeah, for once at E3 they did show yeah. quite a few. It was, it was uh, Japanese I think it properties. Was actually, more Japanese than Western, which based yeah. on their cu- last couple of years was quite surprising. Yeah, definitely. So Star Ocean Five was there, uh, and they announced it as a Square Enix cross triace project, also um, PS4 exclusive. Also PS4 exclusive. Yeah, which is you know not not surprising considering. Uh, Star Ocean is definitely more of a Japanese title than, you know, either Kingdom Hearts or the Final Fantasy series. And the last one was an Xbox 360 exclusive that failed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, oh, poor, poor Trice. They, they tried. Uh, but yeah, Star Ocean 5, they showed, they showed some gameplay. It looks really awesome. Um, honestly, I was a little bit surprised because it didn't look like that much of a leap graphically from Star Ocean 4. Yeah. I mean, you know, Trice, considering... they're, um, I don't know. They're, I've never been overly impressed with their development work, um, yeah. but like you know, they do they still make good games, and obviously they were yeah, involved definitely. with helping out with um, the Lightning Returns franchise. Yeah. Um, I always secretly hold out a candle for them, just because they they for me personally as uh, as a programmer, I always follow like their uh, R and D. Uh, oh yeah, they do like some crazy blog. Like, like, like End of Eternity they do. has incredibly complex gameplay mechanics. Oh yeah, yeah. So they're they, like they have such talented people there. So I always hope you know that they get really high budgets. But it seems like for this game, um, you know they're they're targeting both PS3 and PS4. So it's a little bit although back the West isn't going to get the PS3 version, is it? I, I think I, I don't I think know. The West I didn't, I didn't is PS4 only, that. and Japan I is be PS3. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Because that that does seem to be like the way things are right now is that uh the west has sort of moved from ps3 or it is looked down on a game if it releases on ps3 over here whereas in japan uh there's a lot of people that are still clamoring for yeah. you know ps4 games to come back to ps3 which is awkward so yeah yeah i'm, I'm hoping uh by the time uh you know th- some of the bigger games come out the uh japanese market is more uh you know integrated with the current generation yeah yeah and uh so yeah i guess finally they talked about project setsuna which um, it was it, i mean like so matsuda like was that like his first western presentation on a big stage i think so yeah and, and, I, I was surprised seeing him yeah and to be fair I, you have to give him a lot of credit for doing it in english because a lot of the other yeah. japanese presenters didn't bother 
Yeah, they had they were dubbed and in by some strange uh, guy. Where whereas uh whereas uh yeah, Matsudo was just like we've got a really big thing to talk about and it was very bold, I thought, especially the name of the company. Yeah. Yeah, it's like RPG RPG uh, Works Tokyo like RPG Factory. Tokyo RPG Factory. So, so it's, like it's much, very yeah. clear what their yeah. goal is. We are going to RPGs. make Japanese RPGs. And this is a console game, right? Yes. Yeah, so we are making Japanese console RPGs. Like that is that is pretty bold and very clear about their Yeah, it's, about it, their it, thing. it's exactly guessing, what it says. This it is, is what So this was what they were talking about back in December, I assume, when they were saying we've got a big unannounced project that is an original title uh, that we've never shown before. It's not a remake. So I'm guessing this is what they were talking about. Yeah, I'd imagine so. And and they've also said this is coming out next year too, so... Yeah, and that's that's even more surprising is that it's coming out next year, yet they only show concept art. Like, is this really going to be this giant game that only has concept art right now i mean i'm I'm assuming they have more i guess if it's towards the end of next year maybe i mean you got to think about from a company perspective they've just announced a shed load of games and i think at the moment they want they want they basically wanted to say we're doing something we're making something new but they didn't Mm -hmm. want it to overshadow everything else they're working on so i mean it makes sense for them to keep it this way for the time being just to kind of yeah people just keep it light and then ne- maybe okay. next year at E3, then they'll kind of do an f- official unveil or something. Exactly. Yeah, it's got to be tough for the Square Enix PR department to like try yeah. to figure out how to announce stuff and when to announce it because like they have so many big titles in production right now. Uh, you know, with fifteen FF Seven remake, uh, Kingdom Hearts three. You know, even those three games are huge and require like a lot of space. You know, in terms of release and press cycle, that so neither of them overshadow yeah, each other. And, and then when you like, uh, when you put into perspective all the Western games too, you've got like the new Hitman they announced, Rise of the Tomb yep. Raider, Just Cause Three, Deus Ex. Like, there's a lot of games they've got that are really big budget, and I'm they're going to expect them to do very well. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it definitely showed uh, at, on the show floor at E3 because they're. Uh, their uh, booth was huge and right at the front of West Hall. Like it was right next to, right up against EA and Konami, and they were right towards the. No, that's front interesting because they usually go at the back, don't they? Yeah, Chira? they're usually way in the back. Yeah, um, they're in the last year. They're off to the right, but more towards the the very right. But then they brought them. They're still on the right, but they brought them closer to. They were literally right right next to um, EA, like which is like dead center as soon as you enter through the. The yeah, doors. it made, made getting to them so very easy. It was kind of nice. It was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime we needed to go back to Square Square Enix booth for anything, it was like real easy, you know, just go to the right door instead of the center door and boom, you're right there. It's Square Enix. So, so yeah, they, they came strong at E3. So that was very exciting. So, uh, so yeah, I guess that pretty much wraps up uh, our E3 coverage. Uh, this year had a ton of news, especially with regards to Square Enix. Um, I was really excited about it. It was my first E3. Uh, I was very. You picked a uh, very good one. Yeah. <laughs> well, not not uh not intentionally. Well, he didn't really pick a good one. I had, they they uh, the Square Enix picked yeah, a good one. Good did. time to do yeah. it. That was uh pretty pretty an, much an amazing experience. I couldn't have imagined a better E3 to go to. Uh, well, if Final Fantasy 15 was there, it would probably spice it up a little bit. But like I, how it was how such would an that amazing have experience. even fit in? I mean. 
I have no idea. That's the other thing. Like talking about how to fit in things into the press cycle. Final Fantasy 15 honestly would not have fit there. Like it was like there's too much there. It would have been overshadowed by seven. I think. Or I think. I think that's why they moved it to Gamescom. Yeah. Because I. I think they knew they had too much. There to was begin way with. too much. So that's uh. So yeah, it was super exciting. I really enjoyed it. We'll talk about more of our crazy experiences. Uh, I can already tell you, we saw so many big names uh, from Square Enix, and we'll we'll talk more about that. Not not just Hayasue and uh, and uh, Tetsuya Nomura, but those those obviously are pretty big. So we'll we'll talk more about that uh, on our next show, which is scheduled for the twenty seventh of June. So please be excited. <laughs> <Wink>. <laughs> And as always, you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for either Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts, and we are number one! Yeah! And remember, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. So, I guess this is goodbye time, so... Bye, guys! Bye, guys! Thank you for joining us today. I'm Brandon, saying goodbye. This has been a GamingUnion.net production.